Hey everyone, welcome to the Sneaker History Podcast, where we dive into the people, stories, and iconic moments that have helped make sneakers a global phenomenon. If you've ever told someone that you like their kicks, then you're in the right place. Before we lace up this episode, here's a little teaser for you. Stick around to the end of each episode for the last shot question. It's a chance to test your sneaker knowledge and engage with our community. I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com slash newsletter for a weekly deep dive into the biggest topics in the sneaker business. All right, now that the business is taken care of, grab your favorite pair of kicks and let's get started with the episode. Jordan trying to shake off Starks. Oh, what a move! What's up, everybody? <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the Sneaker History Podcast, your favorite shoe podcast, or maybe at least in your top five. I'm Robbie, here with my two friends, Mike and Rowett. Gentlemen, how's everybody doing? Fantastic, dude. Can't complain. No, I was going to say, should we do a My Starting Five of Favorite Sneaker Podcast and then just invite everybody over and have it be like a Dylon, yeah, Dylon, 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 Sneaker History. Sneak this is pretty cool. Um, anywho, we're going to have an interesting episode, right? Kind of like a smorgasbord of Nike stuff, but I believe you guys are going to enjoy it. We have a little bit of rocking and copping touch on some Nike models that have had a little bit of a resurgence the past year and a quarter. Ugh. Fourth of the year almost in 2023. And then Mike's experience at the Air movie premiere. So I'll start off with Rockin' and Coppin'. Or Mike, do you want to start off? Either one? Go ahead. Cool, I'll start off. Rockin', I mean, it's going to go probably feed into our theme later today. But I literally just took these off my feet. My... Zoom Vermeil 5s and the iron ore color. Um, the hype is real. We'll talk about it later, but I'll just let you know that the hype is real. This shoe is actually one of the most comfortable things I've put on foot. Um, Coppin, I'm feeling like I've been having like this Air Max 1 just like theme like going on lately. So I may try to pick up that corduroy pair or the Shima Shima pair. Just kind of been hanging out. Uh, but it's kind of which one to find the best deal on, which we shall see. We shall see. But those are both really good looking shoes. And I just, uh, been a kind of on a bender on those lately. I saw the corduroys at the Nike employee store and they were only very small feats, but very nice shoe in hand. Uh, I was quite a fan. Um, so for myself started a training regiment, got a personal trainer Yay. and I've been wearing these wonder woman Reebok uh, what, what, Mike, these are the Nano, uh, Nano 2? Nano, Nano X2s. Yeah, so, yeah. hot take, these are fantastic. It's funny, when I post them, I get a lot of DMs saying, like, who's making you post that shoe? Nobody's making me post this shoe. This thing gets rocked wow. regularly. And if you have seen the Wonder Woman movies, though, even just the way this is looking on camera, very much looks like her armor and the feature films, mm -hmm. Lasso of Truth, Laces. Um, this one has the Reebok vector on it, but the other foot has the um, DC logo. But just like so many call outs to her look and just like the textures are in 
impeccable, very cool, like leather, uh, kind of like the inner parts of her gauntlets with the inner part of the shoe. Of course, the Wonder Woman W on the tongue. But for a trainer, man, fantastic shoes. That's not a hot take. Reebok's been yeah, in the cross training. No, I was going to say, I'll tell you who's making you wear that. That's your trainer is making yeah, you wear like, that. Right? You're about that that's just back your That's yeah. Peloton Poppy. And let's respect that, people. And you know, like the <laughs> midsole cushioning, I, you couldn't tell me that's not Boost. I mean, I know they share a tech with Adidas, but feels the same. Same um, concept. Float ride. And then um, for Coppin, Mike has the Vimero. Rowan's probably going to talk about the Vimero. I like the response CL by Adidas. I'm gonna put that out there. Nice. I was like, that's, that's what one. I'm looking to buy. Like, yeah. once I can find a pair of response CLs for like a good discount, I will be buying those, and we'll save the rest of that discussion for the Vimero talk. But Rowan, what what have you been uh, <laughs> copping, or you know the drill? Uh, after like a whirlwind tour of Tokyo and Chicago, a lot of my copping is sugar related. So I bought about like seven different types of Kit Kats and then the obligatory Garrett. No, I'm kidding. Uh, a little <laughs> bit closer to what we're expecting from Secret History. Yeah, you might That's so be awesome, <laughs> I feel like Mumford and Sons is going to replace Creed and Nickelback as the go-to alternative music song to make fun of whenever you're making fun of white rock, but that's neither here nor there. And as for uh, rocking, I took three pairs of shoes to Japan because of our trip episode, which if you haven't, please go listen to that in the archives. It was a foundational piece for me. And all three pairs were Jordan 3s, the Amamanye 3s, the Black Cement 3s, and then the Arkeo Winter Brown 3s. And my Japanese team was very nice, very hospitable. And then they asked me, what's up with the 3s? And I said, hey, I had read that 3 is an auspicious number in Japan. And they said two things. One, what does auspicious mean? And two, you know, that's not it. So really, I should have been wearing <laughs> seven sevens if I were to believe Japanese culture. But that's for another episode. That's for the Patreon episode when I go into the Anthony Bourdain travel log of Tokyo. But that was what I, I did. But it was a beautiful land. It was a beautiful culture. But I'm happy to be here with my beautiful boys, Mike and Robbie. Man. Three shoes. We're happy to have you here, buddy. Glad you made it back safely. I feel, Robbie. I think that was your exact playbook. I think you'd called out three. I try. I try to. I'll you know save what? mine. I'll, I'll report later. But I, it's the three threes. I, I love that about you. That's fantastic. I I brought three shoes with me too. That was funny. I didn't, we didn't even talk about this, but I brought three shoes with me on my trip. So, uh, fire red three. So I can join the three club. Uh, undefeated dunk and a Volmero five were my three shoes. Roe was gone three weeks, my, my man. You were gone two and a half days. That's a that's a whole different. Uh, I was gone four days. I had a shoe for each day. <laughs> anywho, one of those shoes. Um, Don't you judge me. Yeah, I mean, so you brought a Vimero, a pair of Jordan threes, and uh, I'm blanking on the third shoe you just said, but the undefeated. It's not important. The the, the the important part is the Vimero <laughs> and the Jordan three to this conversation. The undefeated Air Force One is fantastic. But the Vimero, man, there's been, what, probably like seven different colors the past nine months You in that ballpark? They say that's about right. Mike, probably, what's your... Probably even more compressed time. I'm probably saying... What, what's your thought on them? I know you did a whole video of only wearing them for a week straight, right? Mm-hmm. How'd that go? Yeah. Um, I'm... 
it went well. It's one of those shoes. It's like step in comfort immediately. You're not having to worry about breaking it in. Um, I mean, you know exactly what it is. Nike saw that they want to go back and take a little bit of market share back from one known as New Balance. Uh, and with them being with the 1906R, 2002R, all that good stuff, this is a prime time for them to come back uh, because they released this, what, about four or five years ago? They were sitting in like, you know, the, the dollar bin, you know, for lack of better words. But they come back around in more lifestyle, you know, muted colorways that's more popular now. They look good with pretty much anything from what I've seen so far. Feel good. Um, and I say it's a contender for that athleisure market that they're trying to, you know, kind of get a chokehold on again. Ro, you had a pair I mean, particularly think, in mind, right? Right. Uh, and I am slightly biased because I will always stand for the Dornbecker collection. I think it's one of the most admirable and noble things Nike does, let alone any sneaker company does. But if you guys haven't, check out that Vomero 5 Dornbecker because my goodness, it takes that whole concept that Mike was talking about in terms of muted colors and just very subtle presentation and just flips it on its head. And it's the concept of that bright orange. It's the concept of the removable swooshes. It's the concept to uh, – apologies if I've got the patient's name wrong. Jarrell, I think that's his name. If not, give me some time to vamp. But they really took into account the Dornbecker product team that was assigned to this young man and he had a love of robots. He had a love of Legos. And if you can't tell that by looking at that shoe, I don't know what to tell you. But that alone was what dumbed it down for people like me who are always kind of last on these sneaker trends. And this is why we're talking about this, because I asked Mike, I asked Robbie, my two sneaker gurus, like, what's going on? Because to Mike's point, this shoe has been around for four years. And then all of a sudden, all it took was a little bit of light. And now it's just inflamed and it's got that hot fire that only Dylon can spit. Only. I mean, it's it's interesting because I don't feel like and it does. But I don't feel like it really compares or competes with what New Balance is doing. Um, I think whoever buys a Vimero, I mean, not everybody. Mike is one of many people who don't think this way. But people who buy a Vimero 5 instead of like a New Balance retro are just because they're like, oh, I don't want to wear not Nike shoes. And I want to, you know, it's just like it's it's a, 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 a compensating crutch. Not to say they're bad shoes. I mean, like, I yeah. personally like the black pair with like the the yellowed kind of midsole tooling, like, and like a or yeah, teeth. I know those are clean, but like, I like the seal response more, just because it gives you less techy of a look. I think this from a aesthetic point of view only, not tech at all. It is much more in line with what like New Balance does than what a Vimera. Like Nike's this innate like caginess of that era, right? They were just starting to figure out there's not flywire here, but it's mm-hmm. kind of like that plastic overlay into the eye stays. Like it's just like a very Nike yeah. thing to do. Like that's not a very New Balancey thing, and I think the response seal kind of falls more in line. In that same breath. Would you guys wear a Vimero 16? Because that thing is half like 50% off and nobody nobody wants that shit. Is is it interesting that like <laughs> nobody wants the 16 to you? Or well, you nailed it running ahead. It's literally so you got two two schools of thought. People like me and you know who like to wear kind of a vast amount of, you know, different brands. So this one because it did have that 
familiarity to what I like in some of those New Balance sneakers, like the 992s, 990s, like V, fill in the blank. Um, that's why I got it. Cause I was like, wow, it looks something similar. And I like to kind of expand my horizons because those 2000 runners have been something I've been buying a lot of over, you know, starting last year into this year. So I was really curious on how it felt because I never worn it, but you had nailed it right on the head. Uh, it is for people who are Nike purists who will talk down on someone wearing a New Balance. It's a dad shoe. This is an old person shoe. This is the same thing. Like four years ago, this was sitting at Academy uh, and or Dick's Sporting Goods and someone's respective father was getting it because it was comfortable. I don't care how you spin it. It's the same thing. They just threw, again, those hot colors. They threw a little bit of suede overlays. Same shoe. I will say that although comfort wise, I do love the um, you got the zoom both in the forefoot, a big zoom pad in the forefoot, and you have the zoom pad in the heel. It is very comfortable. I think it's probably a little lighter than a New Balance, but materials don't even touch New Balance because it's still mostly a mesh. So there maybe a little lighter, but it's not touching the the premium materials that you get on those New Balance uh, models. Right. And I mean, I think it also speaks to the fact that New Balance knows what they do very well and they continue to do that. This almost seems like Nike is dipping a toe in the water, seeing how well it sells. And then if it does well, then yeah, let's start throwing the premium materials on there. By the way, as a course correction, the young man, his name is Jaron Heacock. So there he is. Jaron, thank you for the inspiration for nice. one of the greatest shoes I've seen in the last calendar year. And I think right now that's my early contender for shoe of the year, just because the details. So please look it up if you need to get it get it but then at the same time please make sure you donate to the Dornbecker cause because it is a really good cause and you're helping not only nike you're also helping a lot of these yeah kids. and don't so. buy them at StockX. yeah 400 don't bucks on the resale market don't yeah. buy them from and, StockX yeah. either <laughs> but um yeah. you know yeah. to kind of end on this point the what i think the vimero does better or what i know it does better than the new balance thing is from a tr from a packability trip standpoint if you are a, an active person, you can work out in New Balances. Like, don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with doing that. But a Vimero mm -hmm. 5 isn't too... I get it's literally 11 models now removed from... No, oh, it's Vimero, yeah, Vimero 5. Um, it's 11 removed from yeah. where they are now. It's still an extremely viable running shoe. Like, you could have that be, like, your casual dress down mm -hmm. with jeans... At like the the afternoon work retreat, and you could also run in them like actively and far earlier in the morning before said retreat. Like a nine ninety, I'm not doing that. And and a New Balance, yeah, get you a shoe that do, uh, does both, yeah. right? You can dress it up and get a morning coffee, and you can run to that morning coffee. One question I asked both of you with regards to comparing the five with the sixteen. Do you think your perceptions of the five would change if they use some of the more muted colors that we're seeing with the five? Because right now, whenever I Google image Vomero 16, it's what I expect from Nike, like Hyper Punch, Volt. If it was maybe tastefully nah. done with that same iron ore concept or like a drab olive, I think the Vomero's got the potential to be stylish. But right now, the 15 just hits that sweet spot of capitalizing on that dad shoe, dad hat, dad aesthetic market. I'll so. just... Yeah. No, yeah. you're, you're I mean, right I'll just say it, the Vimero 16 is ugly. Like, that's why like, you could put straight yeah. gold on it. It's, it doesn't matter. I'm I mean, the Zoom X is a good sell on it, like a from a from a tech like value standpoint. Like, it's a fantastic tech, and you can get them like twenty to forty percent off. And Zoom X is great. Well, there. So there's another shoe, and God dog it, I cannot remember the name of it. Oh, there it is. So nope, that's not it. 
so Roy, you probably have a better take on it. Oh, here it is. The I think the newer model that can be in that category of oh, this is comfortable, this is I guess technical, this is runner ish, is the uh, Nike Zoom X Invincible Run. That shoe, um, if you hadn't seen it, is I guess full on Zoom X. It is meant to be a running shoe, but looks more lifestylish with a uh, kind of a yellowed foam on it. They make it look aged. It has the uh, fly knit, bring it back, but it is very wearable. Mm -hmm. And it would be like, okay, cool. If I would jump from this to I want something a little bit more up to date, something more sleek, that would go with that one over the Vomero 16. I think so. And I think it's also a silhouette that highlights the colors. That's a silhouette that should be used for these vibrant, extraordinary colors that we don't see every day associated with dad mm -hmm. shoes, let's say. And to your other point as well, a lot of my team was wearing the Zoom Vomero 3. And I'm like, none of y'all are hardcore runners. So that was the preconception I had because I thought this was one of those shoes that, hey, you're about that run life, you wear this. But it truly is kind of making its way into that aesthetic of just casual athleisure. I know that term probably gets branded mm -hmm. about a lot, but it truly is that shoe. And I will say this, I think nothing pairs well with a Nike Forward or whatever that revolutionary hoodie that we're supposed to think is revolutionary than a Zoom Invincible X. So more power to them. It, the whole fit is good, as the kids say. And yeah, I think you've got a myriad of different options that you can pick right now if you're trying to get into that dad running aesthetic. Killer. You know what? Including the... No, go ahead, Mike. Mm -hmm. Oh, no. I was going to say, with everyone buying these shoes, being in Los Angeles for four days, I saw no one wearing them. Like I saw no one. I was up and down like the areas where the shoes, the sneakers are. Zero people wearing them. I was wearing them. I was like, oh. And I see people kind of look down. But for all of these things selling out, I saw zero people with them on foot. So I'm like, what are you guys doing with them? Just like staring at them in your room? Like it's not something. This this is the shoe. If you're going to buy a shoe to get beat down, this is the one. Because that's what I'm doing with it. No, makes total sense. Mike, why were you in L.A.? Um, selling crack. No, I'm kidding. Uh, that's my segue. <laughs> <laughs> well hold on before we get there i feel like we didn't want to talk about one oh more yeah shoot. you're right apologies i'm gonna have to backtrack back to road because we ran a little late on the vimero so let's just let's keep second shoe for another time <laughs> row it, row it read the audible perfectly he was thinking the same thing i was so but no it's mike where were you that's all good Great. i'm the receiver in the back oh, hey, anything to make nick angle edit yeah more, so. here you go nick <laughs> and on top of that uh, we should start with i'm gonna ask spoiler ass questions so like if you haven't seen the movie we're about to talk about spoiler. just know that it's not coming out till the first so hopefully by the time this makes it into your feeds well the fifth. it's oh the fifth oh. sorry that's what yeah. young mike tells us you know what then i won't i will okay oh, should should we here's the thing so let's i mean let's call a compromise what, are the, what are the spoilers though what are the spoilers yeah. we all know the story right I mean, just it's not one of those like surprise ending. It didn't happen. Like, we yeah, it, we're not going down the inglorious bastards route where all of a sudden the eleventh hour Reebok signs Michael Jordan because it was all a dream. He's staying true to his Massachusetts roof and it wakes up. All right, Mike. Well, tell us. Okay, he, Mike went to go see Air. Uh, tell us about the the, the that experience. <laughs> Yeah, no, super cool. So got invited out to a premiere event for, for Air. Um, it was one of two they were doing kind of simultaneously across the country. The one I was at was in Los Angeles. Uh, cool event. Uh, it was at the Pacific Design Center. If anyone's seen that, it's just 
freaking humongous building. Um, but it was really nice. They had like little, most the little top shots, uh, like food, drinks, all that good stuff. Um, so it's really nice to be able to like see the movie early. Uh, some of your favorite, you know, personalities are there when it comes to, you know, sneakers and YouTube. Uh, so that was cool. Got to actually ask a question to three of the stars in the movie. So I was able to uh, sit in the front row. So like right there in front to with Marlon, uh, Wayne's Justin Bateman and Chris Messia. So it was really cool to be able to add, like ask a question in regards to, you know, sneaker culture to them and kind of see their thoughts on it after being a part of such a, I guess, when it comes to sneakerheads, kind of a monumental deal that was made that what 35, 40 years later is still like relevant. Uh, but um, I mean, shoes aside, it's not a shoe movie. So I'll tell you guys that like, of course it centers around Nike and them trying to sign Michael Jordan kind of on their, their last leg before they were thinking of dissolving basketball. Cause they were running out of money for the division because it was underperforming in comparison to Converse and Adidas. But um, don't go into thinking you're just going to be just talking about Air Jordans or, you know, everyone's just rocking Jordans the entire movie. It is really a story. It's more of a business minded movie, but it's also just showing just kind of like the perseverance of Sonny Vaccaro and his team just trying to get it done and kind of the implications if they didn't. So it's a good movie all around. I think could be a contender and I guess one of those best movies of the year. I mean, from a guy who just loves Marvel movies all the time and just stuff blowing up. I feel like that's a pretty big statement. <laughs> what messed me up. And I was, I shouldn't have asked off air because I wanted to get my organic response, but is Michael Jordan in the movie, Mike? Uh, the back of his head. You don't ever get to see Michael Jordan. You get to hear his voice, but from what I understand, they did it on purpose because they say Michael Jordan is such an iconic character. Who do you cast as him? And his presence would just kind of overshadow the story of the movie, which it makes a lot of sense. And the way they did it is like, so like, everyone's so perfectly placed because when you have Mr. And Mrs. Jordan in the Nike boardroom and you have Michael there with them, Chris Tucker's character is speaking with them. And if they're so perfectly placed, like Michael's in the shot, but you get like, like sideburn back. Like you just don't get him. And it's just like perfectly placed everywhere. So you just never see his face. And it's, it's done well. It's not like a cheesy where it just like, it's like a gimmick, but it just do it so well. So that way, you know, he's there, you feel his presence, but you don't get him except for kind of one of the penultimate parts of the movie where Matt Damon's character, Sonny Vaccaro is like selling him, like they're trying to do this whole sell bit and he just shuts the whole thing off and it's like, gives him a spill of like, you basically, you can become a legend. This will, you will be long remembered after us and your shoe will be a part of that legacy. They show, of course, highlights of Jordan's life, his career, and that's what you get with Michael Jordan. Like, no that's the most Michael Jordan shit. I mean, I was gonna say that's the most Michael Jordan shit of all time. Just to be like, (laughs) you know what? You know who I am. Like, I had this very, very old lady from the south who used to come into my work, and she would just come in, like, drop her ID down, and be like, you know what the name is, Johnston, and it's like walk away. And I know who her first name was. Blank. I'm not gonna say her full name. Uh, she's probably dead. She was very old. Um, she was oh, very God. old. Thank you for but the like, this, this the goal to be like, you know exactly who, like, you know what it is. It's just like people have played. You, are you cooler than Abraham Lincoln, Michael Jordan? Like, you cooler than like we all know what Abraham Lincoln looks like. We all know, you know, just like there's so many people who have been portrayed. 
And on top of that, with the deep fake technology, you could have de-aged my, you could have done so yeah, many different things to have like, it's just the most, it doesn't bother me in a sense of like, it ruins the movie for me. It just, that's the most Michael Jordan effing thing. Just to be like, nah, I cannot be <laughs> in this movie about me. It's a, it's a couple, it's a couple different things. And I'll, I'll probably call ice on myself. So if you guys want me no, to please stop go talking, for it. I can, but I feel very strongly about this topic. Like there's a couple things I want to say. Kudos on uh, Mr. Affleck and Mr. Damon for not putting Jordan in there, because I do think if they got the wrong actor, this movie does not get any sort of success because it's going to just be the Achilles heel of the movie because they could say, oh, this is the greatest movie ever. And then all of a sudden it's like, can you guys believe they got Jonathan Majors to be Michael Jordan? Nothing against Jonathan Majors, but that man is everywhere. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's not the side of his head that's in this movie. But Mike, I mean, for me, Sports movies are something else that I'm very passionate about, probably in an absurd amount, given I am a father of one and a cat dad of two. But how was this in terms of a sports movie in the sense that the vibe I got was this was more Moneyball than Miracle, where Mm -hmm. it is that business concept. It's more about the idea men and women behind the scenes. It's almost less is more because – there's this concept in uh, American football that there are certain players that are so good, the less often you use them, the more effective they are because you don't have the game tape for it. And maybe this is Ben Affleck reaching into that mindset and that methodology and saying, you know what? Everybody's going to know that if we use Jordan, it's going to overshadow the movie. This movie, the story should be about Sonny Vaccaro. And I do think that he is one of those people that if you're listening to this, the assumption is you know who he is, you have an opinion on him, good or bad. It, this movie's not for mm-hmm. us in that sense. This movie is for what we like to call that origin story crowd, much like how this podcast might be somebody's first podcast of the sneaker history experience. Air is going to be somebody's first experience to sneaker mythology. So they have to make sure that they cater to that lowest common denominator, if you will. And I don't mean that to be insulting the audience. It is what it is. So is that fair? Because that's the vibe I get. And then Mm -hmm. the other thing is, probably because I saw Goodwill Hunting fairly recently, like what's the Ben and Matt dynamic in this? Is is actually is pretty good. The the between Phil and Sonny, it's a I didn't honestly I didn't know that's the relationship they had. I mean, I'm sure some of it may be a little bit characterized for the movie, but Embellished. it seems like Phil Knight Yeah, a little bit probably, but that's movies for you. But it seems like Phil Knight kind of threw Sonny a bone and because through the whole movie, the kind of the running statement or joke was, what does Sonny do here? Like what is what is what does he do? Like he's just kind of here. And he's going to wait free shoes to all these high schoolers. So that's kind of a running kind of joke through the movie. And basically this was his last shot because they just weren't, like I said, they weren't banking on any athletes. They just felt like they couldn't get anybody to Nike. But the relationship that was the best in the movie uh, was going to be Sonny and David Falk. Just the, there's just one phone call in the movie that is so like, it's so ridiculous. It's hilarious. Like just the anger that David Falk has just like going, just ripping Matt Damon a new one. He's kind of like, just kind of looking around, like just basically just playing it off. It is literally one of like the best exchanges I've seen. And the way they filmed it was, it wasn't like just someone on the phone talking to nobody. Apparently they had them both in the same room, just kind of divided the wall and they were doing the scene at the same time, talking to each other. So it was in, I guess what we call real time, at least during when it was being filmed. So it was, you can see just the exchange is just awesome. I did that with all the phone call scenes, I think. So with 
you know, Viola Davis's, um, you know, Mrs. Jordan to, you know, talking on the phone with Sonny when they're trying to, you know, close the deal. All those things are just like real time conversations. But um, I don't I have no idea how Mrs. Jordan is or how her demeanor is. But if it's anything like Viola Davis's uh, character of her, fantastic. Like her her job in this movie was a one. And that was what struck me most about this movie was the fact that that cast is stacked. And I, oh, yeah. I call it the Ocean's Eleven corollary. I'm sure there's probably a more scientific and advanced term for it. But <laughs> it seemed like one through eight, they got award winners or they got people that had clout. So when mm-hmm. you have the likes of Viola Davis, Jason Bateman, Marlon Wayans, Chris Tucker as your first men off the bench or first woman off the bench, because ultimately it still seems that this is a Matt Damon story with occasional dashes of Ben Affleck. Mm-hmm. But if you can round out your supporting cast the way that they have, like this movie can't not be good. Mm-hmm. Robbie, what are you thinking? Because yeah, yep. I mean, you're another one of those guys whose movie opinion I take very seriously. No, but- I mean, I think you guys have really covered it pretty darn well. It's interesting to think of Michael Jordan as a MacGuffin, but yeah, <laughs> who can secure the who can secure the chalice or Michael Jordan? In, in, in this case, <laughs> the Jumpman so, must be obtained. How? I will say there's one flaw in the movie, and only I guess people who are you know no sneakers would notice it. So, you know, the first Jordan one didn't have the wings logo, just had Air Jordan written on the side of the wing. It, they went straight to the wings logo for the presentation. So it was like that was the only thing I could pick out of the movie that was flawed. But I'm a nerd. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> and here's the thing. Uh, Pappy Hour, one of our illustrious members of our discord, he actually put us on game because if you look at his Instagram story and obviously it's March 23rd, you probably won't get to see it when you're listening to this episode. He listed out, I think, even the jacket that Phil Knight is, or Ben Affleck as Phil Knight wearing in the trailer. That was also made in 92, and I think this movie is set in the mid-80s. So there's a lot of stuff there. But I do think it's going to be one of those things that the movie's quality will be so good that even though you've got the likes of the three of us that are going to nitpick certain aesthetics and certain styles, I think the overall arching theme of the movie is going to prevail it into rarefied air. Right. I personally, Ah, I don't care. I mean, like, so it's interesting how, like, Mike, you notice, I would notice, but like, I wouldn't care. I wouldn't notice the jacket. I'd have to go Google it. But interesting. Yeah. No, it was one of the things, like, you don't care about. It's like, why did I notice that? It was was more of like, I was almost mad at myself for noticing that. But I mean, here's the thing. Uh, I'd love to get your takes on this. So my spouse is in the medical industry. I can't watch anything remotely medical with her because all I'm going to hear about is, that's not true. Why would they do that? No, you you don't need to do that. You need to do this. And I'm like, it's a movie. Do you really think Sandra Bullock and George Clooney are out in space like this? Like... Oh, that's hilarious. Watch Grey's Anatomy, I bet she's just like... Oh, no, I refuse. I'm, no. <laughs> she's still doing stuff with the TV. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that was the only thing I saw. Like I said, I would never notice the clothing because that's... Whew, I mean, that is a deep dive there. I just... I, I would never know. I feel like anything between 84 and 92 all look the same to me. Uh, but, uh, I mean... I just think it's a good movie. I, if I had to rank it, I, I don't think anything's perfect. So I have to say between like an 8.75 to a it's 9, good. which 
I think for a movie, that's pretty dang solid. I mean, nine and a half is my shoe size and nine and a half is a great score for a movie. So I am very excited to watch this April 5th. And please don't sue us if you violated any sort of embargo, air, Ben Affleck, Matt Damon. We we kept it. It's like, I don't we think kept you know. it pretty light. Nothing it. a trailer doesn't ruin anyway. <laughs> but yeah, make sure you check out the movie. Yeah. Um, let us know if the sneaker or clothing discrepancies break the immersion for you does it drive you nuts do you care please just let us know uh, make sure you go back and check out some of our past episodes make sure you're following at sneaker history on all major platforms and uh thanks everybody have a great day peace hey hey nick here again before you take off i want to thank you for listening to the sneaker history podcast be sure to hop into our discord to answer this episode's the last shot question and get to know our community of sneaker enthusiasts If you'd like more insights on the trending topics in the sneaker world, I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com slash newsletter. And last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. You never know how far a simple compliment can take you, and we all know how good it feels to be on the receiving end of some appreciation. Thank you for all the support, and we will catch you on the next episode. Peace.